contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We're presented, as always, by BetOnline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, of which this podcast is part of. Use that promo code PODCAST1. You get that 50% sign-up bonus today, BetOnline.ag. Special podcast for you. We've got Michael McCann. He's been on several times, kind of a regular of ours, when we talk about legal issues. And he's an expert on all things Patriots legal and now Robert Kraft legal. Remember when he was arrested and there was talk of a sting and there was talk of sex trafficking and the video, and now the video has been suppressed. So we asked Michael why it was suppressed from evidence, what it means for the case in the court of law and the court of public opinion, and as we move forward in the court of Roger Goodell. Michael McCann, sports law expert, works with me at SI, also a professor, as I am. He is at University of New Hampshire. He'll be with us in a minute. First, a rant. Uh, I saw the news this week in the NFL that Joe Flacco, the new starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos, doesn't really want to be a mentor to second-round pick incoming quarterback Drew Locke. And it naturally brought up people asking me all about the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers stories of mentor and mentorship or lack thereof. I think the important thing to say is this. Listen, no one, and Brett not specifically Brett, but Brett's agent told me this. And then you see it with Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. You see it. You, you really don't know how often this happens. But I guess here's my point. No one in any job wants to come into work every day with their replacement. It's just not a great feeling, right? If you knew that was happening in your job, and maybe some people listening see that happening to themselves, where there's a younger person, it doesn't have to be younger, or someone that's kind of groomed to being groomed to take over for them. And maybe it's not implicit, explicit, maybe it's implicit, maybe it's not set up that way at all, but you have a sense, oh, this could be happening. I think it happened with Brady and Garoppolo. I don't know how uh, not subtle the thoughts were about, hey, get him out of here, whether it's from Tom or his agent or his wife, but that had to be part of it. And listen, with Brett and Aaron, in my experience in Green Bay, there were three years. Three years. That's a long time where I, along with others, were managing the situation. And what is that situation? Well, a starting quarterback coming in every day with his future replacement in a small quarterback room. You know, thank God for Doug Peterson, who was kind of the level-headed, southern, happy voice in the room, but obviously much closer to Brett at that time. That's not great. And then, of course, on Aaron's side, which is another issue altogether, you have him and his his people, not him directly. His people call me and saying, you know, he's never going to retire, meaning Brett. So what are you guys doing with Aaron? So you're trying to manage that, in my case, for three years. So listen, Joe Flacco don't want to be a mentor. Who really thinks they should be a mentor? I know people say Dak and they got their you know, get off my lawn comment about he should, yes, it's his job. It's not his job. It's not his job. As Joe Flacco said, that's the job of the quarterback's coach. That's the job of the staff. Joe Flacco's not a coach. You know, mentorship can come in a lot of ways. I'm sure 
in the quarterback meeting room, on the sidelines, watching film, yeah, Joe Flacco is going to say certain things about a play that Drew Locke is going to pick up on. This happens in every quarterback room in the in the place, in the league. So listen, are they mentoring? I don't know. Last year, did Tyrod Taylor mentor Baker Mayfield, who took over three games in? Did Josh McCown mentor Sam Darnold? Probably. That's what he signed up for, I guess. Did Sam Bradford mentor Josh Rosen? I think they were just trying to play the games. They were trying to be starters until they weren't. And then what happens? They're mentoring from behind, I guess. So I just think what what is painted versus reality is so different. And I hopefully I'm one of these media, I guess I'm media, that can tell people, you know, don't believe all the crap out there. You know? <laughs> or whatever you want to call these words like mentor. I mean, listen, these are adults. You know, they're in a room. They're doing a job. One's trying to get his act together to start. One's trying to learn and knows that they'll eventually be the starter. But I don't make too much of this mentorship because I get back to the human aspect. These aren't robots. These aren't automatons. They are human beings. And it's not a great feeling to be in a room every day with your future replacement. Joe Flacco did it last year and he's doing it again this year. How many times has Sam Bradford done it? How many times has Josh McCown done it? How many times has Ryan Fitzpatrick done it? But, you know, I guess they get used to it. It's a good living. And you start for a while, and then you sort of let the guy walk in. Now, listen, rookies are going to start. Last year we had five at this time, and all these teams were saying, oh, yeah, we're going to play Tyrod Taylor, we're going to play Josh McCown, we're going to play Sam Bradford. Good luck with that. It's not happening. This year I'm sure they're going to say we're going to play Eli all year. Daniel Jones will never get a snap unless... Eli gets hurt. I say BS on that. I say Daniel Jones is playing. Dwayne Haskins is playing. I think Drew Locke is playing, whether it's due to injury or whether it's due to poor performance. Unless Joe Flacco lights it up all the time, I think Drew Locke is playing. Listen, people ask me about Aaron Rodgers in that three-year period. I stake my claim on this. I will go to the grave saying this, and I assume it doesn't happen before I go to the grave. No one in the first round, or say first and second round, no first or second round quarterback being groomed to be the starter is going to sit for three years. I'm not sure we'll have one sit like Mahomes did for one year, although he got to play a game or two. But I I just think that's never going to happen. It doesn't have to do with money. It doesn't have to do with anything but but a strategy of why wait? Why wait? Like when they got rid of Bradford before Carson Wentz. I mean, what are you going to do? Have a growing pains period in year two instead of year one? Why? What's wrong with having growing pains in year one? Or having, as opposed to having it in that player's year one, which is actually year two or three? It makes no sense anymore. So that's my rant. That's my brand rant about mentorship, about quarterbacks, and the human side of it. No one wants to come into work every day and sit with their replacement. Now, word from a new sponsor, and a really one I'm excited about. It's ButcherBox. They're offering new members free Ultimate Barbecue Bundle Plus for Father's Day. It's $20 off the first box. Celebrate the start of grilling season. This is one of the best deals ever. It's the Ultimate Barbecue Bundle. comes with three grow-ready favorites. 
You get baby back ribs, two pounds of ground beef, two New York strip steaks. That's a $79 value. Plus, you get $20 off your first box, so start your summer off right with this incredible sale. You don't know what Bookshare box is? Well, you get four curated boxes. You take a pick. You got grass-fed beef. You got free-range organic chicken, heritage breed, pork, or customize your own box to get exactly what you and your family love. You get 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. It's frozen at the peak of freshness. Vacuum-sealed packs, all meat delivered right to your door. It's the butcher box difference, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range chicken, and then my personal favorite, because uh, I'm not a big meat eater. I don't swear it off, but I don't eat a lot of meat. I love salmon, and butcher box sources pure, wild, sustainably harvested salmon, Bristol Bay, Alaska. It is magnificent. They partner with fishermen. They uphold the strict fishing and handling practices that guarantee the highest quality. So it's affordable. It's a great value. And my personal experience has been great. Again, not a big meat guy. I'm sure most of you are, which is even better for you. But they've got the salmon, which is unbelievable. So again, it's celebrating start of summer by offering new members the best deal ever. Two New York strip steaks, back baby, back baby back ribs, two pounds of ground beef, completely free. First box, and then you get $20 off. When you go to butcherbox.com and use the code slash BOS, Business of Sports, that's $79 value. Go to butcherbox.com slash BOS, enter promo code BOS, start your summer right with ButcherBox. My guest today on the podcast, as I mentioned, is Michael McCann talking about Robert Kraft and the video that was suppressed from evidence this week. Where, Why did that happen? What does it mean going forward? Without further ado, my guest, Michael McCann. Michael, welcome back. Good to have you, and uh, good to always have you update the latest on Patriot and Robert Kraft News. Yeah, well, thanks, Andrew, for having me back on. There's, uh, you know, periodically the Patriots generate some legal news, as you know, in very different ways, and that's true over the last couple of days. <laughs> Yeah, so why don't you set the stage on what happened, and then I want your analysis on what it means in terms of, we talked to you when it all went down in terms of the Robert Kraft arrest and video and what and his lawyer's strategy towards that, as we talk about the court of law, not the court of the NFL at this point. So what happened with the video, and explain it for our listeners, if you will. Sure. So from what we understand through police narratives and affidavits, there are at least two videos of Robert Kraft engaged in sexual activities with women who worked at the spa in Florida. And those videos are in possession of law enforcement. Kraft's attorneys have argued that the videos are inadmissible because of a search warrant that they argued successfully was unconstitutional, specifically that it violated Kraft's Fourth Amendment rights to reasonable searches and seizures. Judge Hanser was the judge who ruled in favor of Kraft that the search warrant violated his privacy rights because it lacked any kind of minimization. It didn't specify when the recording should stop and start. It also included everyone who went into the spa, including customers that were there for legitimate reasons, getting a massage, including at least one female customer. And these are customers that went to a private room 
were at least partly naked, and now their images of them are stored in government computers. So it's certainly concerning as a matter of privacy, and the judge felt that the government's approach was was flawed because it just had no minimization, it was too invasive. And the significance for Kraft is that the video is thrown out, and anything else related to the search warrant, including the police stop, where Kraft was in a Bentley that was pulled over, and the judge felt that that was connected sufficiently to the search warrant, so that too is thrown out. All that's left, as far as we can tell, is the potential testimony of the women who he had sexual relations with, but we know that we don't we don't know how reliable they would be on under oath and what their level of memory will be if they eventually testify. So there's the case is dramatically weakened. The prosecution can appeal if the case is dismissed in terms of the decision to suppress the video. And, you know, it's obviously going to be hard to win an appeal like that because the judge's reasoning is fairly, fairly straightforward. Uh Probably this is the end of the case, or at least it will lead to the eventual end of the case. Now, let's just be clear, because I know we're asking about Robert Kraft, and a lot of people were sort of caught up in this sting, if you will. Are you saying all video is thrown out, or only video related to Robert Kraft? Only video related to Robert Kraft, but the decision could be relied upon by the other men. Okay. So the lawyers for Kraft potentially have set quite a precedent for lawyers for all these other gentlemen. Yeah, because uh, under the judges, yeah, the judge was only ruling with respect to Kraft, but logically, like you said, Andrew, the, the, the ruling should be consistent with the other men. There's no, there's no obvious reason that it wouldn't apply to them. And now some of them have already reached plea deals, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but others will probably be able to rely on it. And the plea deals you mentioned, we talked about this when you're on before. You're not a criminal lawyer. I'm not either. <laughs> Were you surprised he wasn't taking a plea deal, working out a plea deal? A little bit. I think, you know, like we yeah. talked about it, it wouldn't have been a very onerous penalty, right? It would have been paying a fine and and doing some community service. It, you know, there, this was never a case about jail. And it also would have been dropped through the diversion program where he would have he would have acknowledged that he would have been convicted, but it would have been dropped after he completed whatever the penalty was. So it seemed like that was a swift resolution. But to Kraft's credit, he hired some serious lawyers who clearly parsed through the warrant and identified various deficiencies that maybe the government wasn't prepared for. Um, you know, Robert Kraft hired I mean, who hires a legal team for a low-level misdemeanor, right? It's not, a, yeah, it's not a typical typical way of doing things, but Kraft has right. the wherewithal to do it, and and uh, it worked. And again, before we get to the court of Goodell, which he's obviously been in before, uh, in the where where do we stand as observers, and obviously informed expert observers like you, and to lesser extent me. And I'll comment on how we, on what he did, because he apologized. So I guess the question is, apologize for what? And right. And so has has and he, I, oh, in your mind, has he admitted wrongdoing? 
I think he has. And and I yeah. and now maybe the apology was was not the right play. I think it seemed like a good move at the time. It also seemed like a precursor to a deal that obviously never materialized. Right. But he did apologize and and I think the apology given its reference to women, I think sufficiently went to acknowledgement that he had sexual relations with the women in the spa. And also Kraft's lawyers have described the videos as pornographic. Well, that, that implies that, that there were, you know, sexual related activities on the videos. So both of those public remarks suggest that I think Kraft is acknowledged. Kraft doesn't dispute that he was there. I mean, I think, I think, you know, I, I think it's safe to assume that, what has been described on the videos is what occurred. Whether the, apparently the videos were unlawfully made, but the underlying act appears to have been uh, that there appears to be a lot of certainty that it occurred. Yeah, I think we, I think you know we agree, it's stipulated that he was there, and it's stipulated that he apologized. So we don't think I don't think you don't think he's apologizing for getting a non-sexual massage, right? Right. So, Right. So uh, right. that's where we are. So then we transition to the NFL, and he goes in front of his still good friend, as I understand it, Roger Goodell, and whoever lieutenants are deciding his fate. And, you know, he did something that was not kosher with the conduct policy. Uh, what do you think will come out on this? And, and maybe a, a deeper question is when? Yeah, my guess is that we don't see any action by the NFL until the litigation ends. And that could be relatively soon, but there's the side issue of whether the videos will be released to the media. We know that several national news organizations have filed a petition seeking the videos. The videos are currently under seal, but that is subject to appeal. So it's possible that the NFL won't take any action until there's resolution in the case, which could be a matter of weeks, if not months. And in terms of what they'll do, I think, I think he'll likely be fined because of what you mentioned, Andrew, that he has acknowledged he partook in regrettable actions, um, whether, you know, whether they constitute crimes because the underlying evidence nullifies them as crimes. I mean, that, that's important, but if you're, if you're conceding the facts or at least conceding that you've done something wrong and it's something that has attracted a lot of news, it's likely that there'll be some sort of punishment, but, but let's compare it to other Goodell punishments of owners. We know with Jim Ursay, Ursay had pleaded out to driving while intoxicated, which is a you know, really serious thing, right? I mean, you could, you could kill someone when you're driving intoxicated, right. you could name them, uh, I mean, to me, that strikes me as something worse, particularly because he also pleaded out. He acknowledged it through the legal system. Uh, that warranted a six-game suspension. Now, I think there's a side issue. What what is, what is the suspension of an owner to play games, coach, or make personnel decisions? It seems largely symbolic, but it's stigmatizing. And then with Jerry Richardson, of course, he was fined mm-hmm. $2.75 million for, you could argue, something worse in that he was mm-hmm. somewhat has been alleged sexually harassing, if not assaulting uh, women who worked on, uh, at the team. So 
I, I think those to me are the outer limits of any punishment. And my, my hunch, and I'm curious to see what you think, is that it will probably lead to either a fine or maybe Kraft agrees to make a donation like Mark Cuban did uh, with the NBA, where there was a workplace conduct issue. Uh, that, that to me is a sort of more sensible punishment where you're, you're funding an organization that can do good things. Yeah, I was just going to suggest that it may come down to something like that, or it's a donation, and maybe it's some kind of uh, event even, or a speaking engagement in light of that. But, you know, it is interesting, because when we talked on the firestorm of what happened at the moment, I guess that was a couple months ago, maybe more, maybe four, three, four months ago, um, you remember, Mike, it was, uh, you know, this is sex trafficking he, he i remember he's he's going to lose the franchise right he's gonna, he's going to have to yep. give, surrender like donald sterling or whatever so it was you know time time goes on now all of this doesn't change what he did and i think even when it broke we understood what he did and that probably there's the perception hasn't changed what he did but just sort of the firestorm around it, you know, the, the advantage of time and stepping back is so different. Oh, yeah. I mean, we remember the day it broke where yeah. it was press conference covered by every major network, all of the major news, cable networks. It was not a sports story. It was really a news story. And, of course, it was Robert Kraft being linked to human sex trafficking what a story, right? Just shocking, stunning. And, and as, as you mentioned, it's turned out that it isn't the story. Nobody's been charged with sex trafficking. Prosecutors have conceded that likely no one will. There does appear to have been prostitution, but that's not the same story and not uh, as bad as what was alleged. And I'm sure, you know, that, that probably played a role in how Kraft treated this, that he didn't want to cut a deal, uh, you know, that he was incensed by being linked to human sex trafficking, that his legacy is important and that he mm -hmm. wanted to fight this. And, and that may have been a reason uh, to not listen to you and me and instead listen to his, uh, you know, high-priced New York uh, criminal defense attorneys who obviously were right. So looking ahead, you know, we, we just touched on if and when the NFL gets involved. I, like you, think it'll be suspension. I don't discount the possibility of him being, I guess, suspended is what it technically would be, but just kind of removed from action maybe a couple weeks. I don't know whether it matters or not, if it's in the, in the preseason. I don't even know, but I don't discount the possibility of some kind of, you know, just don't show up, let Jonathan, the, young, the son, show up for a while. Just because there has to be some, I think, some beyond money aspect to this from the league. Your thoughts on that? Well, you might be right. You might, and it's possible that Goodell is thinking along those lines that if it's only a billionaire paying money, that it's not going to yeah. be perceived as a real punishment. I guess the last question That's is, right. you know, this... I'm sorry, did you, I didn't let you finish, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 sorry. So you're right. You're right. I mean, just if it's, if it's only money, it's, it's not going to seem arguably as consequential because he's, he's worth so much money. Yeah, and I think the final is, <laughs> I hate to ask this, but 
we've seen TMZ, we've seen, you know, come up with tapes and video, and I'm not suggesting it even would be them. But do you honestly think we'll, Will or anyone will never see that video? I've got to think it eventually surfaces, and it may not be through the courts. It may not. Uh, it, it may be through an illegal means. I mean, how many people have seen it? How many files are there? How many yeah. times has the right? I mean, this is the digital era. You, you and I remember when a recording meant a cassette. Well, obviously that's gone. I mean, now it's just so easy to reproduce, and all it takes is one person with bad ethics and a desire to cash in. And once that video goes online, and it doesn't matter if Kraft goes to court and and gets gets it taken down initially. Once it's online, it's, it's there forever in some form or another. So you got to think that in today's world, I mean, what video never makes it? It just it's right. as if right. It just it, it's possible it doesn't go online and maybe it doesn't go online for for months or longer, but I've got to think that there's enough of an alignment of people without good ethics and the desire for money uh, to convert that into it going online. Yeah. So I think we haven't seen the last of that video, <laughs> but <No. laughs> we may have seen the last of uh, any court of law affecting Robert Kraft and we'll see what happens with the court of Goodell. Michael McCann, always a favorite of mine to have on the podcast. And like me, you are grading spring semester law school exams about sports law. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. And uh, <laughs> great students. And, and it's hard. It's, it's grading is definitely among the more challenging uh, parts of being a professor, because, especially when the, the product is so good. Yeah, it's hard as we were talking before the podcast started. It's hard to grade when they're all similar and you're reading the same answer over and over again. And I always try to catch myself. Am I tired with this one? Do I need to step away? Do I come back to it? The fresher ones get better grades, those kind of things. <laughs> you're right. You got to take breaks and, and avoid any sort of inequities from the grading process. It's like I anything know. else. You know, the process counts. Well, I hope I gave you a nice break from it. You certainly did to me. And uh, thanks again for being a regular back on the Business of Sports podcast with Andrew Brand. I'll have you back again soon. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. Take care. Hope you enjoyed listening to Mike. He's been a regular guest on sports law issues, especially relating to the New England Patriots and Robert Kraft. We'll see what's ahead for that videotape, as I think we both think and everyone listening thinks somehow, some way that's going to come out. Whether you watch it or not, I probably won't for reasons you can surmise, but it probably will come out. Let's hear again from our sponsor, betonline.ag. You know what time this is. It's NBA playoffs. It's NHL playoffs. Baseball's on. There's a ton of action. Only one place has you covered for everything. It's betonline.ag. Sign up today for your free account on betonline.ag. Use the promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% welcome bonus. Yeah, you know, what's going on now? It's crazy. You got Golden State and Portland, and you got Milwaukee and Toronto. You got these two matchups. You got it going in hockey, too. Major League Baseball, look what's going on with these hot teams like Dodgers, Philly, Minnesota, St. Louis. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code PODCAST1 or text BETNOW, all caps, 238-669 to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
That'll do it for this edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Hope you enjoyed it. I really appreciate those of you who follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Apple Podcast Rankings and Comments. Really appreciate them if you have a chance. Thanks to our producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. And we'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.